Hi, I'm Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Welcome to Talking Trading. She who makes the gold makes the rules. That's what Louise Bedford's grandmother told her when she was young. Louise always knew she wanted to earn her own money and be in control. But a recent study in the US, Australia and Holland has revealed that a woman's success negatively impacts the self-esteem of her male partner. Hear Louise's views on pushing forward and helping your partners adjust for this and the next generation. Also in the show, we hear from Robert Dunn, the CEO of Opportunity International Australia. Opportunity International provides microfinance loans to give people a hand up, not a hand out in developing countries. Hear about the egg lady in the slums of Delhi who makes an astronomical profit for hard-boiling eggs. Or the dressmaker Lorna in the Philippines and how microfinance is solving world poverty. But first up, let's find out what the markets are doing this week with Forex trader Pete Armstrong. Pete Armstrong, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Thanks Caroline for having me. Pete, what is happening in the markets this week? Well, this week ahead, we are 100% focused on the Brexit risk. Um, The whole globe has been captivated by the referendum that we've got coming up. So we've been seeing people taking money off the table. Markets have become slightly illiquid and they've been moving into markets such as bonds and gold. And what do you think the referendum will say? I honestly have the opinion that I think that the referendum will result in the UK remaining in the EU. And then we, we do have the possibility as a result of that, of all the money that's been taken off the table flowing back into the riskier assets such as equities once again. So what markets are moving at the moment? Right now, uh, bond markets and gold have been uh, moving quite dramatically as, as people have been protecting their portfolios ahead of this Brexit risk. We can't forget that Brexit is possibly the most largest risk event that we have on the calendar so far this year. So protecting portfolios has been key on everybody's mind coming into the vote. But however, as the vote uh, concludes and we do have a result, I think that the markets will then flow back in and have to push their cash back into the markets once again. Pete Armstrong, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, Carla. And now Mind Power with Louise Bedford. I remember the advice that my grandmother gave me on a freezing cold Melbourne winter morning. My grand, I don't know what had happened beforehand, but she had this crazy look in her eyes. She burst into the room and she looked at me straight on. She held me by both of my shoulders and she squeezed just a little bit too tight. And she said, Louise, make sure you earn lots of money. Women are more likely to end up alone in this life. Relationships come and go, but money is forever. She who makes the gold makes the rules. Oh my goodness, her intensity scared me. It burned the lesson into my brain, even though I didn't quite understand it. I would have been about eight years old. It did hone my attention. I looked around me. I saw sometimes my parents struggled and there wasn't enough money to last for the whole month. I saw how with my mum, she 
didn't have a winter coat and she just put layer upon layer because we couldn't afford one. And sometimes there just wasn't enough food. We ate potato dishes, hundreds of potato dishes because there were so many potatoes in our backyard. They seemed to just run amok there. I watched my mum fight back tears as she put food back onto the shelf at Woolworths because there just wasn't enough cash. That's my background. That's my heritage. And that is what I wanted to run from. I knew I wanted to earn my own money and to be in control. How about you? What money lessons did you learn as a child? Often those lessons repeat into adulthood. Do you know, I've been doing some research on the role of women in society and where we're at, how many gains we've made and how far we have to go. Now, whether you are a female trader yourself or whether you're not, you still know women. You still know women who are striving and if you are the supporter to a female trader, you need to listen to this just as much as if you were that female trader. You see, women earned 61% of the master's and 51% of the doctor's degree in 2012 to 2013. We are educating ourselves. We are definitely making inroads in that education level. But do you know, I think there's an insidious reason for this. I think women have that need to feel overqualified, overconfident before they go for a role. I'm seeing it with my friends. You know, a guy rocks up to a job interview. He knows 70% of that which is required and he goes, hey, I can do it. What could go wrong? Whereas a woman, we feel the need to know 100% of that job. It holds us back. This need for confidence may explain why women outperform men in terms of getting education now in both graduate and undergraduate degrees. When you think about society, there are three main pillars that a lot of people rest their happiness on. Education, career and family. And we know that education determines economic prospects. There are a host of different research surveys and, and programs that people have run to find out that really your level of education and your earnings prescribe relationship prospects. Stats show that the social and emotional advantages as well as the cognitive advantages of receiving an education are incredibly significant and then we pass on a better level of life for our children. But I have a warning for female traders. There is a significant study at the moment being done by Kate Ratliff and Oishi, I think her name is, um, a Japanese researcher. And this is published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. Now I'll read from this just so that I get the exact wording right. A woman's success at a task, whether an intellectual achievement or even hosting an effective dinner party, negatively affects the self-esteem of her male partner. Now, let's think about what that means. So if we do well, women, our men feel bad about themselves. Oh my goodness. So what we're looking at here as well is a study that has been replicated not only in America and Australia, but also 
the Dutch feel the same way. The Dutch guys are also struggling. And as we know, the Dutch are more socially advanced, perhaps as a society, at least that's the perception out there. Now, look, I think that this needs to be unraveled. So really what we're talking about is if you achieve what is the effect on your male partner, they in the study described themselves as having more negative descriptions about their own self-worth, their self-esteem, their achievements when they were reminded that their women had achieved in a particular area. But they said that they felt fine. And when they looked at women's self-esteem to see whether there was a similar type of effect for the women, by contrast, their self-esteem was unaffected by the performance of their partner. Even though their partner's achievement made them feel a little bit more warm and, and happier with their relationship. Now, there are a few reasons for this. It could be that men respond to competition to a greater extent and believe things are a zero-sum game. That was one of the reasons given forward by that study. And maybe a partner's success conflicts with that male stereotype of strength and competence and intelligence. In a separate study, just to back up what I'm saying here, there was a survey of 500 men and they were asked about what concerns them most in their relationship. Their number one concern was fear they won't be enough for the woman that they love. Men, even younger men, were feeling this way. There is a significant change in society. Women have moved forward and now instead of men just attracting a woman and perhaps competing for a man for a job. They're trying to attract a woman as well as compete with a woman for a job. It's a really different mindset that's required. Women are moving towards more androgynous roles and men, but especially less educated men, are feeling that it's difficult to deviate from masculine norms. Now, I mention this as a warning because Women, if you take this to mean that you should slow down and you should stop, that is not what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is that we have to be aware of it so that we can help our men through so that they can support us even more and that it becomes less confusing for them as well. I'll tell you another reason why it's really important that you don't stop. You have to keep pushing forward as a female trader. Studies show that men who are in settled relationships, enjoy better health, longer lives, and lower suicide rates. Patriarchy is terrible for men's health. So girls, it's up to us to continue moving forward. I think we've achieved liberation, but we're not equal in our minds yet. And this adjustment may take a few more decades to be able to really establish itself. It must be very confusing for the guys and it's up to us not to stop, not to back down, don't step backward, but ease the path so that guys can relate with these new roles and encourage us to continue on. Step forward. Help your men adjust for you and for them, for now and for the next generation. Robert Dunn is the CEO of Opportunity International Australia. 
Through Opportunity International, over 20 million people have been helped with microfinance. The loans enable women to start businesses, feed their families and send their children to school. We hear from Robert now and some of his stories from the villages and slums where microfinance loans have changed people's lives. Louise Bedford here. Just before Caroline's interview with Robert Dunn from Opportunity International kicks off, I just wanted to put this into context for you. Traders, well, we're a funny bunch, aren't we? So often we feel that we're not really contributing something concrete to society. All we do is watch trends and act on our trading plans. Over the years, Chris Tate and I have noticed that the traders who achieve the most are the ones who achieve balance in their life. And charity forms a major part of this. Many traders give away 10% of their earnings each year to worthwhile causes. And the more you give, the more you receive. One of my favourite quotes is from Dr Edward Kramer. The hole you give through is the hole you receive through. So if your hole isn't big enough, now is your chance to address this. As a mentoree, we have a current goal, as you know, in week five of the mentor program to raise $10,000. We're about $1,300 away from that goal. So refer to your week five resource page if you're a mentoree and you can provide a donation for Opportunity International. Here is your chance to commit. You can drive more meaning into your own life by giving more away. Since 2002, the mentorees and Chris Tate and I have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you'll hear exactly why it's important to us in this interview. Robert Dunn, CEO of Opportunity International Australia. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Thanks, Carolyn. Robert, tell us about Opportunity International Australia. Opportunity International uh, helps people living in poverty in developing countries by providing microfinance loans, typically to a woman, usually around $200. This is so she can start a business or grow a business, earn income, repay the loan, feed a family, afford schooling for her kids. We do this in Indonesia, Philippines and India, and we've been doing it for about 40 years and uh, we work through local partners in those countries. They currently serve in aggregate about 3.8 million families and counting family members, that's nearly 20 million people. 20 million people through microfinance. Yeah. Why women? It's usually the wife and the husband, if they're married, will, will sign a loan agreement, but it's the woman who is the active participant in the program. So she's the sort of the real borrower, and it's a woman for a number of reasons. Firstly, he's often not around. He's, he might be doing day labor in a field, building a road or construction somewhere else. So she's around the home. Often these microfinance businesses are home-based. She might be breeding animals, some pigs or milking a cow or something like that, or have a little kiosk at the front of her house. So she's around the home where the kids are. But it's also because women connect with women in a way that there's this social capital goes on and they help each other in this sort of entrepreneurial venture that they're all undertaking. Do you have um, any stories you can share of field examples? Sure. They're all about women. The first, the first microfinance client of a partner of ours that I met was a lady called Lorna in the Philippines in a, a regional city. She runs a dressmaking business. Lorna has had a number of loans, repaid them, got confident, 
uh, established a small business, now grown it to a reasonable size. She's employing three other women and her mother, a neighbor, and some other woman to make dresses. And uh, in the corner of her shop was this guy who, who had started a kitchen. Well, it was Lorna's husband. He, he used to work somewhere else. He'd come back, reunited with the family. Uh, he was making lunches. There were a couple of tables and chairs. Passers-by could stop and get some food. So that, that was like a real entrepreneurial microfinance client. But it varies dramatically. I've been in communities that live on the side of rubbish tips in all these countries and they and their jobs are scavenging for anything of value in the rubbish tips rags and whatnot i've been with malcolm broomhead who's who's connected to us he's a bhp bulletin director he's in in the north of india in the most desperately poor villages where life doesn't look like it's changed for a hundred years except they have mobile phones they don't have toilets but they have mobile phones helping people like that and there's a story about an egg lady. Yeah, so there is a story about an egg lady. I was with Christina Keneally, who's also one of our um, council members, in a slum in Delhi. And she, this is pretty, you know, slum, open sewerage and stuff like that. People living fairly rudimentary existence. And this old, elderly lady took Christina aside uh, and she whispered in her ear, don't tell anyone, don't tell my neighbours. I'm making so much money. And what she was doing was she had a little business, just a table, where she sold hard-boiled eggs. She was buying these eggs for two cents, boiling them and selling them for five cents. And her, so her margin's astronomical. Her life was changing. Uh, she had hope and an enterprise, and she was a pretty elderly lady, but she was excited. And is this the way to solve world poverty, giving a hand up, not a hand out? Yeah, I think it's real, it really is. I mean, it's, 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 it's private sector development in these countries. This is the private sector of these countries. It's, it's uh, very informal. It's grassroots. Uh, it's certainly one of the ways poverty is changing and, and poverty is being solved. I mean, there are other macro ways it's being solved, but this is a really important way. And the donations we receive are to grow this program, not to keep it alive. This is a program that is self-sustaining uh, because 98% of these loans are repaid, which is the amazing thing. The poor are the best credit risk on the planet uh, because they absolutely need to get out of poverty. This is their one ticket out. And every time they repay a loan, they qualify for a bigger loan. And so they're building their credit history. They have no collateral. They just build that credit history. And so they build their confidence. And they it's an empowering thing. They've gone from being nobody to someone with a name, who's seen her name in print, who's signed her name for the first time, who is building a business. She's becoming somewhere, somebody, because she is earning income. She's a great role model for her daughters. And they all say things like, when you say, why are you doing this? They say, to educate my daughter. The sons get an education somehow, but my daughter is the first girl who's ever learned to read in our family, ever finished high school, you know, and I've had people say, I'm funding my kids' tertiary education. You know, it's like they, I expect to live, my husband and I expect to live in this slum the rest of our lives, but our kids will not raise their kids in this slum. And they are the, they're the heroes in the story. It's about the women. You know, they're the agent of change. We don't want to think that we're doing it. You know, it, uh, it's absolutely about generous Aussies who come alongside and help by providing donations to this. How can the audience be a part of Opportunity International? 
Sure. Well, this is June, so the best time of the year to get a tax deduction uh, for giving. Any gift to us over $2 is deductible. Um, you can go on our website, www.opportunity.org.org.au, or just Google Opportunity. We'll be there. We've got a, a way of doing this called Hand Up, which is a $6 a month recurring gift, which over the course of a year, $72 is enough to trigger a loan. Uh, so that's one way or any any gift. Some people are giving $10,000 to specifically support a community in the Philippines, an isol- identifiable community, and they can visit that community, get messages from the community. They so can actually so go to the community they to can see go, where yeah. their money's Correct. gone. Yeah, we call that uh, community impact funds. But any amount is great. We just, you know, get on board. This is change the world, leave a legacy, make a difference. <laughs> Robert Dunn, thank you so much for coming on to Talking Trading. My absolute pleasure. And that's all we have for you today, guys. Stay tuned next week for speaker, author, and life coach extraordinaire, Ken Foster. I'm Caroline Stephen. Thanks for your company. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary, and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation. Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.